The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Shirley. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fab, a segment of the Forever Fab podcast where I review products, services, experiences, and frankly, whatever, (laughs) in 15 minutes or less. If the full-length podcast is a couture dress, for example, then 15 Minutes of Fab is like a button-down French cuff white shirt paired with leather leggings. If you don't have time to tune into the full-length podcast, then check out 15 Minutes of Fab, just a small dose. Some have considered it truth and beauty or plastic surgery secrets or as a nerdy or academic take on wellness and beauty with a dash of fashion. Consider it what you may. My aim is to engage you as a credible and authoritative voice in most, most, if not all aspects of beauty and wellness with a dash of fashion. That includes products, wellness services, technologies, innovations, new scientific research, and plastic surgery. As the founder of Holistic Plastic Surgery, my approach to beauty is through a lens of wellness that's grounded in science, backed by medical study and research, strengthened by my clinical experience, and bolstered by my surgical training with the use of principles and techniques of plastic surgery. And then there's my love of fashion. Of course, I feel uniquely qualified to talk with you about beauty, wellness, aesthetics, and plastic surgery, as well as products and services within those spaces, not only because of my extensive, and may I add expensive training and expansive background, but also because I'm one of you. Many of the human issues around aging and being being a fierce fab person, as well as an agent for positive change. I live these too, and I try. You're not alone. So together we can help the world become a more beautiful, forever fab place. So if you'll have me and give me at least 15 minutes of your time, let's get at it. In this new year, I've decided that it will be one of expansion and discovery. So I'll explore all sorts of topics, near and possibly far-fetched, while still focusing on the topics that make the forever fab podcast, well, fabulous, namely fashion, the art of living well or wellness and beauty. As part of my philosophy of holistic plastic surgery, which I created well over probably now 15 years ago, where I believe that beauty emanates from within, wellness plays an integral role in my practice. And this goes for many aspects of life that help you to live in grace and beauty, including nutrition, exercise, product services, technologies, mind, body, spirit, and science. 
The title of this week's episode of 15 Minutes of Fab on the Forever Fab podcast is Dear Dr. Shirley, also known as Cocktail Party Questions I Have Received in the Past Few Months. <laughs> um, it's very interesting. So whenever I get invited someplace and it's with lots of people, I'm very curious about people. I love people. I love finding out about what motivates people, what inspires them. So I can be a little chatty. Um, I introduce myself as Shirley or Dr. Shirley. And sometimes I get the question, of course, well, what kind of doctor are you? And when I say plastic surgeon, people typically have lots of questions for me. I do let them know in advance. So I said, well, you know, my approach is perhaps a little different from what you traditionally consider plastic surgery. It is obviously still very traditional plastic surgery in terms of the technique and the operations, but the way that I like to prepare people for the operations and the procedures and how I like to have them recover from it um, is perhaps novel to the person who's asking me the question. So the line of questioning tends to lead to a few other questions, and I have curated the most popular or top 15 questions that I have received at recent dinner parties. I know I've done a Dear Dr. Shirley pre in a previous episode of 15 Minutes of Fab, um, but thankfully, people still invite me places, and I love talking with people and getting to know people. So here are the latest questions that I have received at some recent cocktail parties. <laughs> Here we go. Number one. So you have a podcast. I actually heard it once. <laughs> and it sounds like your podcast is about fashion, uh, wellness and beauty. Uh, what exactly do you promote because you're a plastic surgeon? That's a legit question. Okay. I created the podcast for a couple of reasons. Um, the first is that I wanted a creative outlet. And the second is that I figured that you would get to know me better through some of my interests and passions outside of my plastic surgery career. So yes, when I thought about creating a podcast, which was completely new to me. And I have an amazing team that continues to help me through it. I was thinking, well, what are the things that I'm interested in that perhaps other people may share these interests as well? And those things among many, I narrowed it down to three, again, other than my career. And those are fashion, wellness, and beauty. And when I was thinking of the name, I thought, well, you know, what are some of the things that I like to do and aspire to do and hope those things can last a long time and can be a long part of my life and interest? I thought, well, forever, which is an aspiration, but obviously <laughs> not real. But I thought it was catchy. And rather than FWB for fashion, wellness, and beauty, I thought, how about the art of living well, which of course translates to wellness from my perspective. And I put an A in there. So it's FAB, which is fab. And who doesn't love anything fabulous? I certainly do. So 
Those are the two primary reasons why I started a podcast. And on the podcast, I'm not necessarily promoting anything or anyone. It's a conversation. It's a conversation between me and you. And sometimes when I have guests, it's among all three of us or all four of us if it's more than one guest. And it's just a means by which we get to know each other and figure out and open up our worlds, open up our perspectives, talking about mostly some of the things that I enjoy and some of our guests enjoy and how to live a more beautiful life. That's one of the things that I'm offering you by creating this podcast and its contents. So voila, cocktail party guest. I hope I answered that question. Second question I often receive is, what do you recommend for post-procedure swelling and bruising? So what do you recommend, Dr. Shirley, for post-procedure swelling and black and blues? I always answer this cautiously because if I am not the person's plastic surgeon, I really don't like to step on toes and I don't like to give any advice that the patient's or the person's plastic surgeon may completely disagree with. So I answer very cautiously and generally I say, well, I have a protocol and because my techniques are holistically based, that protocol sometimes, again, every individual is different, every patient is different, but sometimes that protocol involves vitamins, supplements, homeopathy, nutritional modifications, and movement, right? Mindset changes maybe, and I don't necessarily do all of these techniques or things, I have a vast network of professionals who help me to create holistic healing and recovery after surgery. So voila. Question number three, most recently that I received. I know you're not a dermatologist, but what's your opinion about acne? Interestingly enough, no, I am not a dermatologist. I'm a plastic surgeon. Plastic surgeons don't typically deal with acne, but perhaps because of my holistic approach to things, I get this question quite a bit, actually. For me, from my perspective, from what I've observed and from what I've read, much of acne is from the inside out. In my opinion, my humble opinion, having been an acne sufferer myself in my youthful days um, or my youthful years, I believe I'm still youthful, but those years are probably <laughs> about to be behind me. But anyway, so I firmly believe that one or you can't really manage acne without looking at what's going on on the inside. Sure, of course, there are medications, there are pills you can take, there are procedures you can do, there are peels and lasers and all that wonderful stuff. I tend to think that those, those procedures and techniques must be complemented by doing some inside work. And yes, that involves hydration, you know, a healthy skincare hygiene, which for me, from my perspective, certainly includes nutrition. That's my short answer <laughs> for acne. Another question I've gotten, especially recently, is this. I've been on weight loss meds for a few months now, and I love the results so far. But my skin is sagging. What do you recommend? Well... Your skin is sagging because it seems that you've lost the weight fairly quickly in a short period of time, um, and you've lost quite a bit of weight in a short period of time. So 
The question is, where is your skin sagging? Is it on your face or on your body? If it's on your face, you've got options. You, depending on how much volume or fat in your face that you've lost or tissue in the face that you've lost, you may be able to have fillers. Um, or if it's really excessive or extreme, uh, you may have to consider surgery. If it's skin sagging on the body, again, depending on the extent of the sagging and what your weight loss goals are and how far you're going to go and how much you've lost so far, there may be skin tightening devices that you may use. In my experience, those do not tend to give, you know, more than a certain percentage of sort of skin tightening. Um, but if it is, if the skin sagging is excessive, again, you may have to consider surgery. Question number five. My husband really needs to get rid of the line between his eyebrows. Can he get Botox? Short answer, yes. Have him call me. The corollary to that question, another question I get in quick follow-up to that one is, my husband also needs to do other things, but I'm not that kind of surgeon, so <laughs> I'll just keep it there. Uh, question number six, what exactly is your holistic approach and why does it help? Ooh. Well, the holistic, my holistic approach to beauty and by extension to plastic surgery is a combination of my culture, my experience, research, and the more I read and the more I've learned and the more I am learning, it is very clear to me that the best results address the patient, not only on the outside, but also on the inside. The most sustainable results where patients feel empowered to be able to maintain those results, in my perspective, have to address what's going on inside the body. And you, as my audience, have heard me talk about this many times before. And for sure, that holistic approach is based on these fundamental pillars that I have learned are called the pillars or dimensions of wellness. And there are eight or nine of them that I try to address as much as I can within the realm of my expertise as a plastic surgeon. That's the short answer. <laughs> and the final comment on that is that for me in my practice and my patients, the ones who are, who gravitate or feel in alignment with my practice philosophy, a holistic approach is very important quintessentially. Question number seven, can plastic surgery remove scars or stretch marks? And this is a question I also get quite a bit. And the answer is yes and no. Can plastic surgery remove scars? Yes. Can plastic surgery remove stretch marks? Yes, depending on where they are and how, and a number of other factors, how tight the skin is, how loose the skin is, etc. But for the most part, what plastic surgery will do in terms of removing scars and stretch marks is that you basically be trading in the scar or the stretch mark for another scar, a more well-controlled, perhaps a more aesthetically pleasing, ideally more aesthetically pleasing scar, but you'd be trading in one for the other. Now, there are devices that can help with stretch marks, reduce the appearance of 
or reduce the redness of stretch marks. The same for scars. There are devices that can definitely reduce the appearance of scars and maybe help to soften them or make them look less angry or sort of minimize their appearance. But will these devices remove stretch marks or scars? No. Question number eight. Should I lose weight before having plastic surgery? Another common question that I receive. And the answer is, well, it actually depends on the type of surgery you are about to undergo and the extent of weight loss you think you can manage before that surgery. For example, if you are having some kind of body contouring surgery or surgery like liposuction or a tummy tuck or a body lift or an arm lift or a thigh lift, whatever the case may be, maybe even a facelift. If you want to maximize that result and you are not at an ideal body weight, however you define that, then yes, it would be helpful to lose some of that weight because the more your skin sags before your surgery, if appropriate, then the more potentially can be removed to create the desired contour. I hope that makes sense. Not everybody needs to undergo or to have to lose weight before surgery. Not everyone wants to. Not everyone feels that they have a weight issue, and perhaps you don't. But I did actually uh, see a patient not too long ago who was tall and super thin. She must have been a size zero or double zero, and she came in for a consultation for liposuction. Um, honestly, I did a very thorough examination, and asked a very thorough history of the patient, and I could not tell for the life of me where I was going to get that fat to remove because she had none. She insisted that she had a pocket here and a pocket there, but in my opinion, there was really not much I could do for her. So I did have to send her away. Um, I did have to say no, and that was clearly an example of a patient who not only did not have very much fat, hardly any, she definitely did not need to lose weight before plastic surgery. So not everyone has to, needs to, wants to lose weight before plastic surgery. It depends on the type of surgery that you're going to have and the extent of weight loss that perhaps will help to bring about the ideal contour and also what you actually can handle before, without stressing yourself out too much before the operation. Voila. Question number nine. What are your favorite operations to perform? Well, I'll give you my top five fab operations that I, Dr. Shirley, like to perform. And surgically, they are rhinoplasty or nose reshaping, a facelift, a breast lift, a tummy tuck, and eyelid tuck or blepharoplasty. Those are my top five. The follow-up question to that typically is, well, what are your favorite non-surgical procedures to perform? And here too, I will give you my top favorite fab five non-surgical procedures to perform in my practice. And they are fillers, neuromodulators or toxins like the Botox, the Dysports, the Xeomins, et cetera, Vitaglow, multivitamin facial microneedling procedure, uh, PRP or platelet-rich plasma for the face and hair, and lastly, a chemical peel. Those are my faves. Question number 11. 
I'm considering undergoing a breast lift. One of my faves. What should I not do before surgery? Oh, yes, this is a great question. When patients come to see me for a consultation and then we move towards surgery together, I give them, it's like a 21-page list of protocols and things to do. Included in that tome of instructions are a number of things not to do. But many people don't discuss or talk about what not to do before surgery. So I will give you a few examples of what not to do before plastic surgery and frankly before any surgery or any surgery that involves you know, anesthesia, especially general anesthesia. So I would say the first thing not to do is smoke. Please don't smoke. Other things not to do are drugs, illicit drugs, and sometimes prescription drugs or necessary drugs that you need to take for high blood pressure or something else. That should be discussed with your doctor and anesthesiologist to make sure that you can take that drug the morning of surgery or if you have to wait to after surgery or the day before or the day after. Another thing not to do are herbals. On a previous episode of this podcast, I know I discussed a woman who forgot to divulge to her doctors that she was taking ginkgo biloba and a few other herbals. And those herbals interacted with the anesthesia and caused a very scary situation, not only for the patient, but for everyone in the operating suite. So if you are on herbals, and that includes teas and tinctures, folks, please, please make sure you are fully transparent with your surgeon and your caretakers. That's the short of it. Things not to do before surgery. Next question, question number 12. I see so many examples of extreme plastic surgery in LA, so I'm trying to hold off as long as I can. When is plastic surgery or facelift specifically, when is it necessary? This is um, not an easy question to answer. I mean, I certainly can look at the person and say, yeah, girl, it's time, or yeah, dude, it's time, but I wouldn't do that, of course. So the answer really is, is that it's an individualized thing. It depends on whether or not you even focus on how your face looks, right? You may not. You may not be concerned with the, the fact that you have sagging skin around your jowls. You may have the kind of genes where, you know, your mom or your aunt or your grandmother had amazing skin and that's good enough and okay, you're going to age gracefully. By the way, you can still age gracefully with surgery, with or without, that's all I'm saying. So it's an individual answer and it depends on so many factors, right? Your, your epigenetics, you have the kind of lifestyle where you want to take six to eight weeks, you know, off or chill out for six to eight weeks and, you know, change bandages and manage scars, et cetera. There's so many different possibilities. So the answer is when is a facelift necessary? For some folks, never. For some folks, maybe not until they're after 60. For some folks, maybe in their 40s. I've done facelifts on men and women in their 40s and 50s. I've done facelifts on men and women in their 70s. It is a highly individualized, customized answer. Question number 13. What do you think of acupuncture facials? You know, I, interestingly, I get this question a lot as well. And listen, acupuncture, right? Acupuncture facials, 
you know, the points on, there are points on your face that correspond to various parts of the body. Um, and it's a combination of microneedling and traditional Chinese medicine. So what do I think of them? I think for some people, they're extremely helpful and they are soothing and relaxing and some people see results. So anecdotally, I'd say anecdotally, I have never had an acupuncture facial. And when I got this question recently, I thought, you know what, I should try that. So I could speak not only from what I understand of the, of the science, um, but also so that I can speak from experience, but anecdotally or by experience, some people have, um, had these kinds of results. They've seen, uh, fewer fine lines. They've have a brighter complexion, they have a smaller pore size, less swelling, um, a reduction of, you know, muscle, muscle tension in the face, like at the jaw, if you clench or something, um, decreased skin sagging, presumably, you know, over time, um, and increase, you know, in that facial circulation that helps to, you know, increase blood flow to your face that helps to give you a healthy glow. And for some people, these results are a evident, B positive and C last them, you know, four to six weeks. That's, you know, that's pretty good. Again, I'm not speaking from personal experience, but I'm definitely going to try it. I do find that the the traditional Chinese medicine aspect of it quite interesting um, in that points on the face correspond to various points on the body. So maybe your high forehead um, may correspond to, you know, your large intestine or your bladder. Um, the middle of the brows in between the brows where some people experience the 11s that might correspond to your liver. So it's, it's an entree, right? It's an opportunity to have the practitioner who's performing the acupuncture facial tell you a little bit more about yourself from the inside out. And we all know, I think that's cool. Okay. Acupuncture facials. Boom. Question 14. When should I begin to teach my daughter about how to take care of her skin? Honestly, that was, it was probably the first time I received that question. And I think it's a really good question. There's so much pressure, right? Girls, ladies, women, so much pressure that we're under to, you know, to be beautiful, to be flawless, et cetera. It's, it's, it's beyond. And so in response to that question, when should I teach my daughter about how to take care of her skin? I think the answer is as soon as she expresses interest in it. Now, of course, you should teach your children, boys and girls, how to just have a clean skincare hygiene. It doesn't necessarily involve, you know, buying expensive products or buying a number of products. It's just, you know, just like you wash your hands frequently to wash your face morning and night. If your daughter is a preteen or a teenager and is starting to wear makeup, you absolutely have to teach her to remove that makeup before she goes to bed. So other than the basic skincare hygiene protocols, when you should teach your son or daughter um, about how to take better better care of their skin is going to be as soon as that young person expresses an interest and take it from there. Some people express interest early, others not. In my example, as part of my history, I had my mom who taught me how to take care of my skin because she learned from her mother. 
And that was at a very early age. And so when my teenage years came and I was riddled with really bad acne, I at least had a skincare regimen where I could keep the acne somewhat at bay. Every once in a while, it kicked me in the butt and it came right back like big, bad, red, ugly. (laughs) But thankfully, the more I progressed and learned about how to take care of my skin and how to eat better, my acne significantly improved. So I guess the corollary to the answer to that question is, if you are going to teach your sons and daughters about skincare, you are going to have to teach them about drinking enough water and managing healthy nutrition. There it is. Bringing it right back to the holistic approach, folks. Beauty from the inside out. And lastly, question number 15 that I have received recently is, why is wellness fundamental to your plastic surgery practice? You were just talking about that. What a brilliant segue, I must say. It's all about the holistic approach for me. I am not for everyone. My philosophy is not for everyone. This makes most sense to me um, based on how I grew up, my culture, what I've read, what I've experienced, what I've researched, my practice, what patients ask me. It's based on so many things. And this way of practicing is what makes the most sense to me and for my practice is in complete alignment with what my my patients are seeking. I created the philosophy of holistic plastic surgery at least 15 years ago because for me and my experience and my research and my knowledge and what my patients were asking for, because for me, it makes sense and it continues to make sense. Again, it's not necessarily a popular philosophy. It isn't for everyone. Um, It confuses some people. Okay, all good. But I am not necessarily for everyone. My practice is not necessarily for everyone. However, if you're curious and would like to have a conversation with me, I invite you to come see me or chat with me. Send me a question. Give me a great review. Listen to this podcast. Like this podcast. Spread the word about this podcast. And then we'll take it from there. So that's it, folks. The most recent 15 questions that I have received at cocktail parties and elsewhere. This concludes, dear Dr. Shirley, on this episode of 15 Minutes of Fab on the Forever Fab podcast. As always, stay beautiful and forever fabulous inside and out. As always, if you love this episode of the Forever Fab podcast, please share it and subscribe to the feed. Listen to past episodes or check out who's coming up next on foreverfabpodcast.com. If you enjoy listening to the Forever Fab podcast and you want more, get more audio and visuals with a membership through Patreon. Choose the gold, platinum, or diamond tier for premium added content, special co-hosts, lifestyle videos, branded merchandise, and maybe even private access to my clubhouse by visiting patreon.com slash foreverfab. If you're a founder or you represent a beauty brand and you want to be featured on an episode of the Forever Fab podcast segment of 15 Minutes of Fab, send me some stuff. Visit foreverfabpodcast.com and fill out the contact form. 
For general holistic beauty tips or to set up an appointment with me to discuss your personalized options for leveling up your beauty, visit elementsandgraces.com and sign up for my newsletter or just give us a call. And for an online e-consultation on time, anytime, and on your time, visit clicklift.com for your wellness, plastic surgery, beauty, and wellness questions on the go. That's click, C-L-I-C-K dash lift.com. It's time for the elevated house call. Jet Set Beauty Rx offers beauty on-call services near your home or other domicile, delivering beauty in the privacy of a medically equipped mobile aesthetics unit. Reserve your appointment at jetsetbeautyrx.com. Thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful and fabulous inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.